At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Are you interested in black and white photography? We recently created a mini course for anyone who wants to take amazing black and white photographs both indoors and outdoors. It's essentially a crash course made up of 11 lessons that will introduce you to the genre, inspire you to try new things, and help you take amazing photographs, all within a short period of time. The current price is $19. We'll increase the price on January 1st, so make sure to take advantage of this amazing deal right now. Check out the link in the show notes to find out more. I look forward to helping you take your black and white photography skills to the next level. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this week's episode, I talk to Norwegian landscape photographer Hans. Hans is a self-taught photographer who enjoys photographing landscapes and seascapes. He's actually a full-time designer so photography is just something that he enjoys doing in his free time, and he does it wonderfully. We talk about his life as a full-time designer, why it's important to be selective when you collaborate with photography companies, how he engages with his followers online, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Hans. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, thank you, Taya. Thank you for, for having me. Well, my name is uh, Hans Gunnar Aslaksen, and I am um, I'm living in a, a small town called Larvik, that's just uh, two hours drive south of Oslo in southern Norway. I live here with my wife and two kids, and I work as a full time as a graphic uh, designer. So my landscape photography is just uh, just a hobby for me, something that I do in the weekends and when I have some spare time. I have uh, traveled to Lofoten Islands and Iceland once, but I do most of my photography close to, to my hometown. And uh, I do also travel a three or four hours drive from my hometown to some other locations that are not uh, too far. 
So I guess that I got uh, more serious into landscape photography in 2016, I think. So I'm a self-taught photographer and have spent a ridiculous amount of time uh, watching YouTube uh, tutorials. So that's been the main thing that uh, I've done to learn uh, the profession of, uh, of photography. Wonderful introduction. And I really like that you shoot a lot locally because when I was interested in landscape photography a few years ago, I was a bit intimidated because I felt that I had to travel everywhere and I did not have the opportunity to travel everywhere. So it's great that you are able to make the most of your local environment and also travel from time to time and take great pictures. I think it's very encouraging for the listeners as well to know that you don't necessarily have to like be rich and travel everywhere to take good landscape pictures. Yeah, that's uh, exactly how I felt it when I started out. I was kind of envious, you know, to all the photographers that went to the big locations on Iceland and so on. So, um, but I think that, um, you know, uh, I live near the coast here. And um, so I started out doing a lot of seascapes photography. as came natural because that's what's closest to me. And, um, and I started out with a, with a wide angle to get uh, the most of the, the scenery down here. It's kind of flat, so we don't have any majestic mountain peaks that uh, you get on Lofoten and so on. So uh, you have to think a bit different. So it was the wide angle that I used a lot to get interesting foregrounds. And I shoot a lot around uh, the golden hours, typical sunrise and sunsets. So it's a, it was a nice way to really get into the seascape type of photography, to learn it, you know. So, um, so I had destroyed some cameras uh, <laughs> during uh, my uh, sessions with, with, uh, with the salty water and so on. But I think that uh, if you learn from your mistakes, you're, you're going to do great at some point. So... Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful perspective. And you mentioned the wide-angle lens. What other camera equipment do you use? Yes, I have uh, always used uh, Fujifilm. Uh, I was recommended that by um, a professional photographer I met through work. Um, so I haven't used any other camera systems, actually. But I do like uh, the Fujifilm system. Uh, it, um, I do like the nostalgic look with all the buttons and so on. So it's, it's a really nice beginner camera, actually, because... You have all the buttons that you can turn and you have a nice overview on your settings. So we don't have to look for things hidden deep in the, in the menus and so on. So, so I think that's uh, been a good camera for me to, to start out with. And I have um, I started out, as I said, with the wide angle lens. I got a 10 to 24 millimeter. And I also have uh, more of a standard kit lens, 18 to 55. And I used to have the 100 to 400 lens. That's a quite big uh, lens in the Fujifilm system. But I have changed that one now to the 70 300. I think that's a more useful lens to me. It also got a focal nearest. Uh, focal point on I think it's 85 centimeters and so on so I use that uh, a lot when I shoot straight down to the ground from the tripod and so on so uh, I really like to use the, the long lens so I kind of 
switched a bit actually to um, more of uh, yeah this intimate scenes and uh, the smaller scenes of, uh, of the grander scenes. So Fujifilm has uh, has been a nice uh, system for me, and I, I really enjoy enjoy the lenses and um, the way the image looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great that you found a camera brand right away that works for you. I think you just have to find what works for you as a photographer. Uh, yeah, it's very important to have a camera that can adjust to your personality and your preferences. So, yeah. And regarding the zoom lens that you have, I've never used a zoom lens. So I'm not sure if this is a silly question, but do you always have to use a tripod with it? Because I've heard that they're quite shaky if you just use them, if you don't use a tripod. Yeah, I, I use the tripod, I guess, 90% uh, when I do photography. Um I guess it's because I like to take it uh, slow and uh, I like to, you know, kind of tune in the composition, uh, just a small uh, increments, left or right, up or down. And I think that I get uh, that opportunity to do that with, with a tripod. So I, I will enjoy the, the process, you know, taking out the tripod, putting up the camera and, and kind of uh, slow down. And uh, I guess it's... Um, it's also, as you said, uh, important to use um, the timer on the camera. I set that to 10 seconds, actually. So mm-hmm. when I press the shutter, the camera or the lens will shake a bit. But uh, then you wait for 10 seconds and then you take the picture. So with them, the camera lens is all, all still. So I have seen that on the, on the longest range of it. It's, it's kind of uh, shaky and a bit, a bit nervous so to speak so so i prefer to use a tripod just just to be sure mm-hmm. that's a great tip yeah waiting mm-hmm. for 10 seconds or having just a timer so that you can avoid that camera shake or that tripod yeah yeah, yeah i use a two second timer on the wide angle and on the mid-range lens but i think that on the on the longest lens that may not be enough uh, actually mm-hmm. it's it's a uh, shake a bit uh, when it's extended so i guess that uh 10 second time and then you are safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's a great tip. You mentioned yep. earlier that you're a designer, so you know more about composition and color theory than the average person, I think. Are there any specific elements of design that every photographer should study to improve their work? Yeah, I think that uh, have been a big advantage for me in my photography, being a graphic designer. And I'm, I have gone to art school and so on, so I, I spent actually one year drawing and I think that uh, that is uh, mostly it's the same principles as photography, you know, when it comes to composition and color theory and so on. And uh, drawing also it's also learning to see. And I guess that uh, goes uh, with photography as, uh, as well. Uh, so I guess that, uh, you know, the techniques, techniques in Photoshop, when you dodge and burn a picture, bring out the highlights and darken the shadows and so on and you kind of shape the object so it looks like a 3d that is kind of the basic principles uh, of drawing as well so that has been a good uh, good good background for me and maybe a more easier uh, way into photography but i guess that um, when it's come to comes to composition and color free i like to have the less is more approach also with colors so i really like uh, 
to usually play with warm and cold contrasts in my images. So if, for instance, I got some uh, golden colors, more of an orangey look against the uh, blue and cold shadows, maybe you get some, um, some yellow in the, in the highlights as well. I try to make the warm colors more uniform. That will, um, if you kind of take the yellow and turn the U into more orange, then you kind of get rid of another strong color. So uh, I, I try to have as few colors as possible in my images. So uh, that's, uh, if you can simplify things, I think that's a good tip when it comes to composition or colors. Uh, yeah. Yeah, working with very simple compositions, I think to a lot of people, including myself in the past, might feel like it's it's not going to create an effective image. But I think the opposite is true. I mean, you can have a busy composition and create a really beautiful picture as a result, but I think some simple compositions are extremely powerful and working with few colors can also have a great effect on your work. So. That's definitely a good tip. Yeah, you know, nature is uh, is always so kind of uh, cluttered and with so much details. So if you can simplify things, that's uh, probably the main thing I would I'd go for. <laughs> I, I sometimes try to make it as simple as possible to begin with, and then I try other stuff more uh, complex, uh, complexity and um, maybe other compositions that uh, get some more elements. But uh, I, I try to use to go as easy as possible to begin with and kind of bring other elements into the picture and then I can later on the computer see what uh, what works best. Hmm. That's very interesting. It's very clear that you think a lot about the, the story that you want to tell through your work and you have very specific intentions when it comes to your photography. I'm curious to know, how do you want people to feel when they look at your images? Well, I started out with wide-angle scenes, and uh, I really like those um, kind of situations that uh, get some atmospheric elements in them. And if I could add some uh, dream look to my images in edits, I would certainly do that. Uh, nowadays, I have switched a bit more to the long lens, and I really like to pick up the small frames of a ground scene more of an intimate landscape shoots. And um, I think that kind of approach may lead into more abstract work and more experimentation. And I think now that uh, images that um, rather asking questions than answers is, uh, is really nice. And if I can spark someone's imagination with my images, I think that is a success successful image uh, for me. It's very interesting to have an image that asks a question and doesn't really provide an answer. It does the opposite of what a lot of photographs do. I've never thought of it that way. It's a very interesting perspective. Yeah, if you take out the scale, you know, go close uh, on a scene. And uh, when it comes to abstracts, you're, you're down to, to shapes and light. And you can, you can turn the image upside down and no one would even notice that you have done that. But it looks interesting. And then... Uh, people will start to sort of think, what is this? You don't have to kind of figure out what it is, but if it looks great and it means something to you, uh, that's the most important uh, part. So I really like that type of images. So I guess I'm going to do dive deeper into that uh, in the future.
Yeah, you definitely should. Isn't it nice when people look at your work, especially if it's an abstract piece, and they tell you how they personally feel about it? And it's completely different to what you expected, but it's just, it's how somebody perceives your work. I think it's always nice to get comments like that. Yeah, very, very. That's very, very interesting, I think. And it's, uh, it's uh, you know, when they say that they see that and that and feel like this, I, I tend to say, yeah, why haven't I seen it like that? That's great. That's a very nice association. And But that, that again, it's how, how different we people react to the thing, to uh, different type of images. So, um, as you said, I think it's it's really great when people they will add their own interpretation of, a, of an image and how, how they see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always nice because you're indirectly communicating with people and you have that connection with them. And yeah, it's, it's a wonderful cycle of inspiration, I think. Yeah. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. Some of your landscape photos feature human subjects. Usually you can't really tell if the person is... I mean, you can't really recognize the person, but you can tell that they're standing and admiring the landscape. What prompts you to decide whether you want to include a person in your landscape photo or not? Yeah, that was uh, the reason that I put some human elements into my images uh, was when I started out with a wide angle uh, down here in the south of Norway. As I said before, we don't have any strong focal points like uh, the big mountain peaks and so on. It's kind of uh, flat, you know. And I did a lot of seascapes, and uh, we have some really interesting foregrounds down here. So I got strong foregrounds leading into kind of nothing sometimes. <laughs> so I actually added uh, the human element to get some focal point or some interesting uh, elements uh, in the picture to create more depth and, uh, and use that as, a, as lack of other interesting focal points. Uh, but nowadays, I, I actually prefer not to have a human element in my images. I really like to work with what uh, nature presents to me. And uh, I guess that uh, when you use a long lens, you have more freedom and more opportunity to take other images that doesn't require a human element to make things interesting. So I've kind of changed the way I take pictures uh, a bit. So. But it's a, it can be a nice way to add scale to a, a grand scene and so on. I guess we're all kind of tiny in this, uh, in this huge, uh, huge nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting to know. And it's, I think, also a good tip for photographers who 
are in a similar situation to yours where they feel like they don't hmm. have mountains in their landscapes or not enough uh, interesting elements so they can maybe take a self-portrait uh, slash landscape photo or include some photos of uh, you know some people in their images so yeah it's there's a lot you can do in landscape photography i don't think you necessarily have to separate portrait photography from landscapes or abstract photography from landscapes it's you can always merge different genres right yeah absolutely absolutely i like that uh, crossover thing and and i guess that it's all about delight eventually uh, whatever you type of images that you do exactly it's all about the light that's for sure yeah yeah. You're the brand ambassador for a couple of photography companies. What advice would you give to aspiring photographers who want to collaborate with brands like? Yeah, I am uh, collaborating now with uh, Valorant uh, Photography Clothes. Uh, that's uh, great, nice people. That's been really nice uh, to do, to work uh, with uh, them guys, and it's uh, it's great um, great clothes as well. And I also work with uh, Nisi Filters. And uh, the filters are, are really great if you are into into long expo- exposure and so on. Uh, I think that the thing that you gotta be aware of when you're working with uh, with other companies and being ambassadors is that it is a lot of work and uh, a lot of pressure. You have to do reviews. You have to do before and after images and so on. So. I have been doing that, but uh, but now I have actually decided not to work with uh, with Nisi filters anymore. I think that um, you don't want to clutter your head with having that uh, in your mind when you're out doing photography that you have to get an image before, an image be after, and kind of take images that will will please uh, the one you work for. I feel more free now that I don't have to think of that. And I like to just react to what nature brings me, no matter if I um, need to use a polarizer or an ND filter or something else to to make the image the way I like. So so I guess that uh, the main thing is to focus on your photography and shoot for yourself. And if someone wants to collaborate with you, that's great. But be aware that it is a, a lot of work to do that so you get better be ready for it but uh, it's a it's a fun experience but uh, as i said i like to not uh, have uh, that pressure on me to always deliver something that's a very important point to make because when we talk about ambassadors as photographers we often think of it as a very coveted position and it's yeah. something that a lot of people strive to achieve because it's an achievement essentially when somebody thinks mm. you your work is worthy enough of being considered or linked to a company. So uh, it's a very important point that you're making. And I think especially for people who are interested in this, it's very important to know what is expected of you and what the company wants. Because as you said, some companies might require a lot of commitment or you might not be able to provide them with that so it can get really stressful and the last thing you want is a bad ambassador experience so yeah it's important to work with companies that align with your values and that uh, expect or require certain things of you that won't take too much of your time and won't stress you out as a photographer yeah i, I think it's important to make uh, make a collaboration on your own terms that works for you so that you have, don't have to 
and feel the pressure to deliver something all the time because then you end up going out to take images just to please uh, uh, exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah just to please the one that you have signed up for so um so uh, again you, you just have to shoot for yourself and photography is supposed to be uh fun and uh not stressful and uh, definitely not work <laughs> so uh, so uh, i prefer to not uh just mm -hmm. it. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you yeah. call it to not uh, have uh to not collaborate with or to not commit your to too many yeah yeah, yeah. To, to not to not uh, have that commitment. Yes. Mm. Yeah, you make a very good point. I am the ambassador for a photography website, 500px, and I'm very lucky in the sense that they, they don't really ask for too much. Um, and when they do, it's something that I can do for them, and it doesn't stress me out. But I have had opportunities where uh, either I reached out to a company and they replied to me or they offered something to me and I felt very pressured because the requirements were insane. Yes. <laughs> I knew I did not have the time to provide them with that. And then you're stuck between feeling like, you know, this could be a good opportunity, but also this will stress me out and maybe I won't like my photography that much. Uh, mm -hmm. So the priority is, as you said, to enjoy photography and to always stay true to yourself as a photographer. So even if it means sacrificing that position as an ambassador i think it's definitely worth it uh, because at the end of the day if, if you don't like your work then if you're not happy if you're stressed i mean that's you're the one who's going to be losing you know right yeah yeah, yeah that, that's uh that's well said the tie that's uh, exactly what, what i meant so i think that um yeah, I think that also there is progress in your photography is is a very good thing. And I think that I nowadays I explore more ICM, intentional camera movement, and more abstract work. And I think that um, to do that, I can't be representing a filter producer that wants me to do long exposures all the time <laughs> you know so i think that it can restrict you in some way that you have to you know just repeat yourself with images that that works for for the type of um yeah if you uh, i don't think you're going to be happy if you just have to make images that uh, that pleases the company that you represent Yes, you're completely. And speaking of pleasing companies or people who look at your work, you're very, very active in social media and you seem to have a very good relationship with it, which uh, I really admire. And I know a lot of photographers struggle with this as well. But I noticed that you reply to almost every comment on your photographs, and there are usually hundreds of comments. So, how much time does that take? And how important well. is it? photographers to be active online well i just have to say if you want to to grow on instagram and so on don't do like me don't post every friday you have to post more and be a lot more active than than i do uh, i started out just posting on fridays because i didn't uh, have the opportunity to take images so often that i didn't have so so much new stuff i can post um several days a week I think that Friday is a good day and something to look forward to and post uh, posting on Friday and maybe set some time to answering comments as well. 
So it's just become a thing for me to have that uh, Friday post. So I just kept on doing that, you know, just once a week. But um, I think that um, I like to respond to the comments because I think that uh, when people have taken time to look at my image and give me some some feedback, uh, I think it's uh, kind of uh, polite and and nice of me to answer them uh, back. At least that's what I feel when I do comments other photographers work and so on so it can be a kind of a drag when it's, it's a lot of comments you know but uh, but i think that um, the best thing with with instagram is to connect with, with the like-minded people and i have actually met some two other guys from uh, a town close to me that uh, i'm now happy to call my friends and uh, we do trips to lofoten and iceland together and also um, around the local area. So I think that um, it's uh, it is fun to connect with people uh, and other like-minded photographers. I don't see that as a work or as a, as an exhausting thing to do. But um, I usually am uh, active on Fridays, so it's only once a week. So it's it's maybe not as much as uh, as you may think. That's really interesting. It's wonderful that you found a community for yourself on Instagram. And I think posting on Fridays is a great idea because that's usually when people relax and they have more time to be on social media. At least that's what I think. Um, not a social media expert. But since photography is not your full-time job, it's just a hobby. I think that's a really sustainable approach because you're not pressuring yourself to post every day. Maybe that would be tiring for you. I know that would be tiring mm. for me. Um, yeah. You have that distance and you're able to really think about the images that you put out and uh, maybe the captions that you write for each one. I think maybe it also allows your followers to miss you and they also know that you post every Friday so they have something to look forward to on that day. Yeah, it was actually one Friday that, that I missed and I got a lot of um, messages that people were wondering why I haven't posted on that Friday. And are you aware of uh, which day it is today? And so on. So I think that's um, maybe that I stuck with them Friday posting. Uh, and as you said, I I like to work uh, slowly. Uh, also with my editing, I like to do some test edits first and just let the image rest and then come back to it. I think that's uh, that's important so that you don't uh, stress with the edits to get it out as soon as possible. I think it's a good thing to. Just leave them there a bit and look at, look at them with, with fresh eyes and so on. So, and as you said, I think it's uh, the pressure to post every day is just, uh, it's, it's not for me. So I think it's better to, to post uh, a little bit rare, but uh, be able to answer in comments and uh, be more active uh, at that uh, time. Yes, and speaking of comments, have you noticed, uh, or is there a difference when... Do you reply to people? Do you see the same people coming back to your work over and over again? Because in my experience, when somebody replies to my comments on social media, I know that they took the time to do that, and I really appreciate that. So I'm more likely to go back to their work and to comment again. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of difference uh, on the type of comments you get. You know, the, 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 the typical uh, wow and amazing, it's kind of, not so thoughtful, I guess, <laughs> but but um, 
Uh, I once in a while get some really thought through uh, messages and comments that I really like. So uh, I often um, uh, often see that those uh, kind of people return to every post. And, uh, and I usually check out their work as well and discover a lot of great photographers uh, that way. So, um, it's always, but it's always fun when you know it. When it's uh, photographers that you look up to and so on, comments on their images and so on, that's uh, that's always uh, welcome. Of course, yeah, I can imagine. It's mm. nice to interact with people and then especially if you like someone's work very much and they notice you, it's the best feeling ever. Mm. It's so inspiring. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot of photographers that I have uh, connected with um, in that approach and uh, sometimes uh, send images for review and so on. With other photographers, that's also very useful. And uh, Instagram is just a great way to to connect with people. So uh, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, thing, uh, most more important than all the the likes and all this uh, what they call uh, followers and fame and so on. Just uh, being able to to connect with the uh, with the right people is uh, is just great. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. It's all about connections and photography. It's all about building a community. It doesn't matter how many followers you have at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I have one more question for you, Hans, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Well, that's a a big one, I guess. But uh, at this point, I would really like to dive deeper into abstracts and uh, more experimental look. On my images and I think that uh, I would really like to have an exhibition and uh, get more into printing. I have not done uh, a lot of printing uh, yet but I think that that uh, will be the main goal to be able to to do some uh, quality prints and to hold an exhibition that would be uh, really fun. So I guess that uh, it's a it's a little goal that I have personally. It's wonderful. I'm sure you'll be able to achieve that. I think having an exhibition with your work and seeing your works in print will inspire many people. And yeah, your work is so beautiful and it has this very surreal, magical quality to it. So it absolutely deserves to be exhibited and printed. So yeah, thank you so much for your time and for sharing so many interesting stories and techniques with the listeners. I learned so much about landscape photography thanks to you. So yeah, I wish you all the best with your journey as a photographer and i look forward to seeing all the photos you'll take in the future well thank you tayan thank you for having me that's uh, that's very kind of you thank you great big photography world wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners we're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers stories and share your feedback with us if you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly you can become a member on our website In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode with Hans. He's a very creative, friendly, and thoughtful photographer. I had so much fun speaking with him. And I learned so much about landscape photography, especially landscape photography editing, thanks to him. I hope you had fun listening to this episode, and I will see you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. 
While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.